One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning. What an awesome time of worship. And I love that song that we're singing called Holy Ground. And I'm so glad that wherever you're at today, that as we worship God, the presence of God is with us, that it becomes holy ground. And uh, that uh, line, Jesus changes everything, that is so true. And I don't know what circumstances you're facing today. Maybe you are facing challenges. Maybe you're facing financial challenges or emotional challenges. Maybe you're stressed out. Uh, Maybe you're facing relational challenges. I'm glad to tell you today that Jesus changes everything. And uh, even as we have entered into the presence of God through worship, uh, that changes everything. And so I believe that uh, even as we are gathered together today, that we're encountering the presence of God, anything is possible. And uh, I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I want to take just a moment to welcome all of you that are joining us uh, wherever you're watching from and uh, joining us today live on Sunday morning as we uh, come together, even through technology. And uh, I know some of you are joined together in house churches today. Man, it is so exciting what God is doing in our house church gatherings. Church isn't canceled in this season. Church has never been canceled in 2000 years because church isn't a place, it's a people. And so even as we're gathered together in a different way, but in our house church gatherings today, uh, we're so glad that you are joining us and hope that you just feel encouraged today. Uh, Also, I wanna welcome all of you who are guests. Uh, Maybe you're joining us for the first time. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what this church thing is. I've just found it on YouTube or Facebook or the World Wide Web somewhere. Uh, We hope that you will be encouraged today, that you'll just sense a lift in the atmosphere Uh, through the presence of God with us today. And uh, before we get into the Word today, I want to just share with you a couple of things coming up because uh, today is the last Sunday of August. Can you believe that? Uh, Who would have thought that August uh, would look like this moving into the fall? But uh, as we move into the fall season, I am so excited about what God has in store for us. And I want to mention a couple of things to you today. First of all, Uh, I want to invite you to join us on September 11th for a special event that we're calling One Heart and Soul. And I know September 11th sticks out in all of our minds, but hopefully this year it'll be for a different reason because we're going to gather together as a church. It's been months since we've been able to be together, to worship together, and uh, we're going to gather together at East End Market on Friday evening, September 11th for a time of worship, a time of teaching. Uh, We'll also be sharing with you some plans of where we're going as a church in the fall season. So I really want to encourage you, plan to be there. Now, that being said, uh, as you know, there's always some challenges, some caveats in this crazy COVID season. And uh, so uh, on that night, we want to invite everybody to come, but the reality is there are some limitations. One is that Uh, Due to the space restrictions, we're not able to provide childcare. So we want to ask you to find childcare in advance. Go ahead and book your babysitter now because they book up quick, okay? Uh, But that's for uh, September 11th, Friday uh, Friday night. And uh, here's what you can do. Get a babysitter, go to Domu downstairs, have some dinner, come upstairs for One Heart and Soul at 7 o'clock. Also, 
uh, due to the space restrictions in, that, uh, in the, the room that we'll be meeting in there, uh, we are limited in the number of people that we're able to have. And so we're asking you to RSVP in advance. So I know some of us, when we hear there's an event, it's, hey, I'm gonna wait until the last minute, kind of see what else happens. Don't do that with this event. Uh, RSVP on our website, we'll be sharing that information with you through email too. If you don't get our weekly emails, uh, go to our website, ocparkdistrict.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram. That's probably the place where we're most active on social media. And uh, we'd love for you to join us on Friday evening, September 11th for One Heart and Soul. Uh, also, um, today, we, as this is the last Sunday of August, we're entering into the fall season. Uh, we are starting with a week of prayer, a special week of prayer. And uh, we should pray always, but there are special times that we just need to refocus on prayer. And there's a lot of things, there are uncertainties in the fall season, uh, but we do know one thing, God is with us. And so we wanna devote some time this week. I really wanna ask you, encourage all of you, those who are a part of our One Church family, uh, or even those of you who are just joining us maybe for the first time today, to set aside some special time this week to just sow into the fall season in prayer. Uh, nobody has ever said, I've prayed too much, okay? And so I wanna encourage you to set some special time for prayer this week. We're not gonna be gathering physically. We will be sharing with you some daily prayer focuses just to help us uh, rally together in agreement in prayer this week. So let's uh, clear a little time in our schedules and let's devote ourselves to prayer. And that's really what I wanna speak to you about today. Uh, if you have your Bible, you can grab it and turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Uh, if you're taking notes today, or if you're a person that you just like to, to kind of know the, the title of the message, the title of this message is Back to School. Back to School. And of course, this is back to school season. Kids all over the country, all over the world going back to school. Uh, if you're like me as a kid, those three words uh, struck terror into my heart. I remember as soon as we got out of school for the summer, the stores would start advertising back to school. And I was like, please, could you just give us a minute, okay? And uh, of course, for parents, going back to school sometime is a relief, a change of pace. Uh, but for all of us, this year, back to school looks different. And uh, But of course, even in the middle of uh, global pandemic, school is essential. And so we are back to school. Uh, and really the reason that school is essential is because school is not just about uh, giving you information. It's not just about filling your head with information. It's actually about formation. It's not just about what you know, it's about who you become. Every good teacher understands that their job is not just to give information, but formation, to make their students into a certain kind of person. Think about it with me. Even a kindergarten teacher knows that their job is not just to teach the letters of the alphabet or uh, you know, the, the basics of kindergarten. Their goal is actually to make those little kindergartners into first graders. A high school math teacher knows that their job is not just to give the information that's needed to know high school math, 
their job is actually to make those high schoolers into high school graduates. The same is true in college, graduate school, uh, an architecture teacher and uh, training uh, is not just trying to give the information of architects. He or she is, uh, or the information of architecture, he or she is trying to make architects. Medical school doesn't just give medical information, they are making doctors, okay? And that is true because really to be a follower of Jesus is not just to know the information about Jesus, but to be formed into Jesus. The question I wanna ask you today, this last Sunday of August, is who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? Because the reality is the person you follow, the people you follow determines the life you lead. And so are you becoming a person that is more joyful in the middle of all the challenges we're facing? Are you a person that's becoming more filled with peace and uh, more filled with contentment? Or are you becoming a person that's more anxious, more stressed out, more angry, more short-tempered? The reality is that none of us have fully arrived, but to be a Christian or to be a follower of Jesus is not just to believe the information about Jesus. It's not just to believe that Jesus existed. It's not just to believe the tenets of the Christian faith. It is to become the, uh, a person that reflects the life of Jesus. The Apostle Paul said it this way, I labor until Christ is formed in you. God's plan isn't just for you to go to heaven after you die, it's for you to become like Jesus, to live, as we say here at One Church, to live the Jesus life together. As Jesus said, life and life to the full. And so I believe we have a great opportunity, even in the midst of all of the challenges that we're facing in this year, to become or to be formed into the image of of Jesus, to live that easy yoke of a joy-filled, peace-filled, love-filled life like Jesus. And so today I want to talk to you about one of the greatest lessons that Jesus taught, one of the greatest teachings uh, from the life of Jesus out of Luke chapter 11, and it is the lesson of prayer. Here in Luke chapter 11, we find Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 11 verse 1, that now it came to pass as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, listen to this, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this is important because this is actually the only thing that we find in all of the gospel account the only lesson that his disciples ask Jesus specifically to teach them. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things I'd like to learn from Jesus. I mean, think with me for a moment. If you were standing face to face with Jesus and you could say, Lord, teach me anything, what would you ask Jesus? Uh, maybe it would be, Jesus, uh, teach us that water into wine thing. Uh, that would be a big hit at this year's uh, office Christmas party. Teach me the water to wine thing. Uh, maybe it would be Jesus, uh, teach me that multiply fish and loaves thing because that would really help with the, uh, with the grocery budget. Uh, maybe it would be Jesus, the walk on water thing. 
That's what I want to learn. Teach me to walk on water because the travel struggle is real in 2020. And uh, if I could walk on water, I would certainly be able to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and stop in the Bahamas on the way. Lord, teach me to walk on water. The disciples could have asked Jesus anything, but the one thing they asked Jesus is, Lord, teach us to pray. The reason they asked Jesus that is because they understood that everything else in Jesus' life flowed out of his prayer life. The miracles, the love, the care, the compassion, everything flowed out of the prayer life of Jesus. And the same is true for followers of Jesus that to be a follower of Jesus, to live the Jesus life, is to have a prayer life. We can't express the life of Jesus without following the lifestyle of Jesus, which is a life of prayer. And so I want to speak to you today on that thought of, Lord, teach us to pray. And I want to just look at this passage out of Luke chapter 11, as we read through that passage. And I'd encourage you, if you have a Bible, just to look on with me. But Jesus' teaching on prayer as he taught to his disciples, his followers, his students, so that they could carry on his work. I believe God wants us in 2020 to understand how to become people of prayer, not just so that we can check the prayer box, but so that we can express the life of Jesus, a life of purpose, a life of, uh, of security, a life of joy, even in the midst of our challenges. And so, the first thing I want us to look at, verse 2, here was Jesus' response to his disciples. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke chapter 11, verse 2 says, So he said to them, and here's Jesus' lesson on prayer. So he said to them, When you pray, say. Now, I want to pause right there because I believe even before we get into the prayer, Jesus is teaching us a principle of prayer. The first thing I want you to see, and I believe that Jesus wants us to see, if we're going to be people of prayer, is number one, that prayer is priority. Prayer is priority. Notice Jesus doesn't start with, if you pray, if you feel like praying. Jesus says, when you pray. Because the assumption is that if you are a follower of Jesus, you will pray. You know, fish swim, dogs bark, followers of Jesus pray. It's what we do. It is essential. And so Jesus was saying this is a priority, not if you pray, but when you pray. Have you ever maybe run into an acquaintance and they say, we should get together. Yeah, we should get together. We should. We should get together. And it's just all good intentions until somebody says, okay, let me pull out my Google Calendar. When do you want to get together? You see, when shows uh, that it is a priority. It's not just a nice idea. We should get together. When do you want to get together? And Jesus is raising it from the level of not just you should pray or if you pray. He's raising it to a level of priority when you pray. In other words, there needs to be a time and a place that you devote yourself. You stop what you're doing to pray and seek God. Some people say, well, I just pray always. And I would say that is true. 
It's like my wife and I, we, we constantly have text messages going, but it is the date nights. It's the, the moments that we stop and have the face-to-face -to -face time together that builds the relationship that can be sustained then by the constant interactions. And Jesus is saying, not if you pray, but when you pray. This was the pattern of Jesus. Jesus would, the Bible says, he often got up early and went into the wilderness to pray. You see, oftentimes we want the public ministry of Jesus without the private devotion of Jesus. God, give us the miracles. God, give us the authority. God, give us all of these public things. But in the life of Jesus, the public ministry flowed out of the private devotion. And prayer has to get to the place of priority that it's not if or should, but when. I want to encourage you this week, put it on your calendar, clear some things off, get up early, uh, devote yourself to having time with Jesus because prayer is a priority. Jesus said it this way in this parallel passage in Matthew 6, 6, he said, when you pray, go into your room and close the door behind you and your father who is in the secret place will see in secret and reward you openly. I don't know what reward you are hoping for and believing for in this fall season or maybe in the year ahead, but it will not come out of your public efforts alone. It will come out of time in the secret place with the Father. Prayer is a priority. He says, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Second thing I believe Jesus wants us to see is not only is prayer a priority when you pray, but the second thing is that prayer is personal. Notice Jesus's language, notice his tone, our Father in heaven. That word Father in the original Hebrew language would be Abba, Daddy. It's not formal, it's personal. Prayer is personal. For the Jewish people hearing this and the culture that Jesus lived in, they always felt that prayer had to be formal, but Jesus was introducing a new way to pray that is personal. Our Father in heaven. Sometimes we hear heaven and we think, well, God is, is out there in heaven. He's like out there somewhere in like, um, you know, the, the atmosphere and uh, the cosmos somewhere. But that word heaven can also be translated air, our Father in the air. You see, the air fills all of creation, but it's also as close as my skin. It is in me, my Father who is so close to me. Hallowed be your name. The Bible in the Old Testament is filled with the names of God. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is our peace. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer. You see, the name of God reveals the nature of God. And when you know the nature of God, it changes the way you pray. You see, prayer is not sending good vibes out into the universe. Prayer is personal. It's talking to our Father. That's why Jesus could pray with such confidence. Thank you that you always hear me when I pray because he understood that prayer is personal. That means you don't have to perform. You see, my kids, when they come to me, they don't come to me, oh gracious daddy, Mr. Johnson, 
Pastor Justin. They don't talk to me that way. They're daddy, 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 daddy. Why? Because they are secure in their relationship. It is personal. And prayer is the same way. It's not a performance. You know, we sometimes think that some people are really good at praying and some prayers are just, you know, they're, they're not that great. But in God's eyes, sometimes the, the most simplest prayer is the greatest prayer. Help can be the greatest prayer because it's personal. And so Jesus shows us that prayer is a priority. Prayer is personal. I know it's peas, pardon the peas, help you remember it. But then he goes on to say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Let everything that is as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. You know, God's original intention wasn't to get us off of earth and get us into heaven. It was to bring heaven to earth, to bring the life of heaven into earth. And in order to do that, every kingdom advances through power and power flows through channels. Prayer is the channel through which the kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom of God advances. And I would say this, that every time we see a problem, it's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come. You see, on earth there is lack, but in heaven there is abundance. On earth there is injustice, but in heaven there is justice because it's the nature of God. On earth there's sickness and suffering and, and pain and death, but on earth there is health and healing and wholeness and life. And it's through our prayers that we are releasing everything in heaven onto earth. You see, the problem isn't a lack of power. The problem is in the channel of delivery. It's not a problem with the power source. It's a problem with the delivery system. I don't know if you've ever had the power go out in your house. Uh, but normally it's not because the, the power company stopped making power. It's norm normally because there's a problem in the delivery system. The lines are down and our prayers are the lines that bring the power of God into the reality of our daily lives. When you see a problem, it's an opportunity for the power of God to come. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 5 that the fervent effectual prayers of a righteous person avail much. In other words, they change things. That means that for followers of Jesus, prayer should be our first response, not our last option. We should pray before we do anything else because history is changed by the intercessors. We see again and again throughout history that, that history is marked by God's people through prayer. We find ourselves in a time where there's so many problems, a global pandemic, a, a global awareness of injustice, global division. All of these things are opportunities for us to pray. Uh, throughout history, the world has been marked by people who pray. Even in fairly recent history, the abolition movement that began in England through 
the, the abolition of slavery in England that ultimately influenced the abolition of slavery here in the United States. And many of us may be familiar with that historical movement, but maybe you're unaware of the intercessors, the prayers that were prayed that gave power to that movement. In England, there was a group called the Clapham Sect, and that sounds kind of weird, but it was just a basically a little group that met in homes and they were influencers who were involved in politics and they were involved in business and they were influential in society but they understood that the power didn't come from their position the power came from prayer and the Clapham sect met in the Clapham neighborhood of England on a daily basis and prayed God break the back of slavery break the back of this evil institution. And it was through their prayers that history was changed. And I believe God is looking for people today who will change history through our prayers. Should we be involved in politics? Absolutely. Should we be engaged in business and economics? Absolutely. Should we be engaged in education and in the spheres that God has put us in, absolutely, but the power doesn't come from our position. The power comes through prayer. That's why the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 59, when there was injustice and suffering on the earth, God said, the scripture says, then the Lord saw it and it displeased him, that there was no justice. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. God saw the injustice and he wondered, where's the intercessor? Where's the person who's gonna step into the gap to bring heaven into earth? You are God's delivery system for the power of heaven to come onto earth. The church is God's delivery system to bring the kingdom of God into our community, into our neighborhood, into our house. I want to propose to you in 2020, we don't have a source problem. We have a delivery problem that we have forgotten how to pray. I believe God is calling us back to the priority of prayer in this season because prayer is powerful. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The fourth thing that I want you to see is he goes on and he says this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. The fourth thing I want you to see is that not only is prayer priority and personal and powerful, but prayer is provisional. It's a real word. I looked it up. Provisional. In other words, God uses prayer to provide for our needs. I'm so glad that God doesn't just care about cosmic issues. He cares about personal issues and right here in the midst of what has been called the Lord's Prayer Jesus says God give us food to eat provide for our needs you know it's not selfish to ask God to provide for your needs God cares about our needs just like a father cares about the needs of their children this is a reminder to every one of us that ultimately God is our source let me remind you Your job is not your source. The government is not your source. Your business and your bank account is not your 
source. God is our source and he uses prayer to provide for our needs. Jen and I have seen it time and time again in our lives. We had a need and we go in the natural, God, I don't know how you're going to provide for this. I remember a few years ago, a couple years ago, we were getting ready to have our fourth baby. We'd already always been a one car family and I'm, I'm doing the math. I'm going, we got a five seater car. We're going to have six uh, people in the family. Who's going on the roof? And uh, God, we need a car. And we didn't go on Facebook and announce we need a car. We didn't put out the word to everybody. We prayed about it and we sowed a seed. And God miraculously provided our, uh, uh, for our need. You may, you may not think that a minivan is a miracle. I wanted an SUV. Jen wanted a minivan, so we compromised and got the minivan. It was God's provision. It was God's blessing. And the Bible says this, if God provides for the birds of the air, won't He provide for you? Prayer is provisional. What do you need? Talk to God about what you need. God can provide in ways that you've never expected. So four, prayer is provisional. Number five, as I prepare to close, I want you to see this, that prayer is protective. Prayer is protective. He says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Prayer is protective. God, don't let us go into temptation. Uh, don't, don't let me fall into that place where I am so weak. And you know what's even better than saying, God, get me out of temptation? It's even better to say, God, don't let me get into temptation. Let me stay far from it because, God, I'm weak and I need protection. And keep me from the evil one. The Bible says that the enemy comes, the evil one comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And it's through prayer that there is the release of God's protective power over your life. I don't know if you feel anxious or worried or stressed, or maybe you are hearing all kinds of uh, potential rumors or reality about things. Let me tell you this, that prayer is, is protective, that God's power, protective power, is released through prayer. I can tell you stories, but for the sake of time, I, I want to just encourage you to lift up the shield of faith through prayer, to engage in spiritual warfare through prayer. There's a lot of things that we need to pray about this fall season. There's a presidential election coming up. There's issues in our country. There's, there's a global pandemic. There's all kinds of issues that we can face in this time. And it'd be easy to get into the place of fear and the place of anxiety. But I believe even as we have the problems, the problems are an opportunity. Lord, teach us to pray. And may it not be that we go through this year and we've faced a global pandemic and we've faced the crisis of injustice and we've faced all of the problems, economic issues, and we have not learned to pray. Lord, in 2020, teach us to pray. I want to ask you if you would just to bow your heads wherever you're at today. I believe that God is wanting us as a people to be people of prayer. And so God, we ask you today, Lord, teach us to pray. God, let us not come into the place of stress and anxiety and worry, but God, teach us 
Lord, to come to you as our Father. Lord, to look to you as our provider, our protector. God, everything we have comes from you. And so, Lord, we pray that even this week, as we begin a week of prayer, Father, teach us to pray. Let the challenges we face become opportunities for us to build the muscles of faith through prayer. Maybe even as you're hearing this today, maybe even in this atmosphere of prayer, you feel in your heart that you can't pray because you don't know what it is to have God as your Father. I believe that today God wants to show himself to you. You see, God is not far off. He's not against us. He's for you. He loves you and he came not just so that you can go to heaven, but that you can have life here and now. And so if you want to receive that right now in your heart, would you just say, God, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Give me your life. Help me to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. For those of you who prayed that today, we want to do everything we can to help you to follow Jesus. And I want to invite all of you, whether you're gathered in a house church, whether you're at home with family or friends, just to take some time right now and even this week to pray. And I believe that we will see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to talking to you soon. God bless you.